Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Good morning, Rhodes Church. It's so great to be with you. This is my fourth time to be back in Norris City. I have to tell you that this is one of my favorite churches on planet Earth because you guys are just unusual. You're a a church in the middle of a little bitty town, and yet people from a 100-mile radius come here, hundreds of people from southern Illinois and Indiana and, I don't know, maybe Kentucky. It's It's an amazing thing that God has done here. The problem is that this time I'm here, and you're not. You're not sitting in the building. Um, And I have to tell you that this uh, virus crisis that we're in uh, has really been difficult for me because I'm an extrovert. You know, my wife is actually an introvert, so if you tell her to stay home and read books, she's, she's happy to do that. But you tell me to do that, that I have to stay inside, and it's been, it's been hard. But I have been following the rules. I've been washing my hands. I'm not touching my face. You know, uh, try to do the social distancing that they ask us to do. Thankfully, because I'm from Georgia, uh, we opened up a few weeks ago, started opening up some things. And so we're, you know, kind of going out and uh, venturing out into some restaurants and doing some, uh, some normal things. I don't know when life is going to get back to normal, but I can tell you this, I know that when we finally come back to church and we're together, we are going to, I don't think people are going to be in a hurry to run out the door for lunch. I think that um, we're going to linger for a long time because you know what? God did not create us to be isolated. He created us for community. He created us for relationship. But right now, because of what the world is going through, we're having to do this social distancing thing, and we're all having to learn that. Um, but I do believe that even though, uh, you know, a virus, I don't believe the virus is from God. I don't believe God is the author of sickness. But I know that he is using this time for our good because he promised us that everything works together for, for our good. And so somehow in the midst of this, uh, as we're staying home, we're sheltering, you know, I know it's been a hard time. Some people are out of work. Uh, it's, it's really been difficult, but God is working in his people. And so uh, I just want to say that I hope, you know, I can come back and the next time I'm here, you're all going to be sitting in this room because I want to hug you and uh, I might even kiss you because... I'm ready to be back in community with, with God's people. Amen? And while you're staying at home, you can say amen with me. Um, this, this morning, I want to bring a message to you that's called Drawing Closer to God in a Time, in a Season of Social Distancing. Because I believe, as I said, that God is using this time for us, and it's almost like he pressed a pause button, and he's letting us, um, you know, reset some things. I know for myself, 
God is resetting some things in my life. I've had more time to spend with him. I've been in prayer. I've been in the word. I hope you have too because I think this is a time for us to spend with him and get prepared for what is coming because there are good things coming for the church in the United States and the world. I hope you believe that. But the first point I want to make this morning is, and I've got three points for you, very simple points. Number one is that Jesus Christ desires a close fellowship with us. I don't know if you've maybe had this experience of going out, uh, out into maybe your community during this time, and there are some people out there who are very quick to remind you about the rules. Have you guys experienced that? You know, when we go in a store now, they have the tape on the floor, and you're supposed to stay six feet away from people in a line. And if you get, you know, over that line, there might be somebody there to remind you that you need to stay back. Has anybody experienced that? There are plenty of social distance police out there today. Well, you know, it reminds me that in Jesus' time, there were some social distance police Because Jesus was so loving and so full of compassion that he would spend time with people who uh, the Jewish leaders did not spend time with. In fact, there was a lot of people that Jewish leaders stayed away from. And, uh, you know, there was a, a time when Jesus went to Matthew's house and there were, the Bible says there were sinners there, there were tax collectors there. And Jesus was uh, criticized by the Jewish leaders who said, you, uh, you know, you hang around with sinners. And their attitude was not only were they going to stay six feet away, they were going to stay a long, far way away from those people. And yet Jesus uh, said this in Luke 19.10, and I think we have the verses for you. Jesus said to them, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus Christ does not like to stay away from people. He came to get close to us. He doesn't want to keep distance from people. Even sinners and those who are broken and those who have failed and those who have problems, Jesus said he came for those kind of people. And you know, uh, during this unusual time, in history, I have had uh, an amazing experience that I want to share with you. It was actually a, a couple of months before I heard anybody talking about the coronavirus that I was in my town. I live in a small town in Georgia, and I was driving to the gas station, and after I paid for my gas, I went inside to get something, and I noticed that the clerk at the uh, counter spoke with a very thick Indian accent. And um, I've been to India many times, and so I recognized that. I, I could tell he was from India. And so I just said to him, oh, where are you from in India? Well, this guy was surprised that I knew he was from India. And so he told me that he was from the city of Hyderabad, which I actually have visited many times. Uh, there's a church there that I'm connected to. And so uh, I said, oh, so you speak the Telugu language. 
And this guy was like shocked. He couldn't believe that I knew what language he spoke. And then he began to ask me, what do you do? I told him I'm a, I'm a minister, I'm a Christian. I could tell he, he was interested. And so uh, we kind of moved our conversation over to a table in the back of the store after he uh, took care of a couple of his customers. And I began to talk to him. Well, as it happens, this, this man, whose name is Mahipal, he ended up committing his life to Jesus. And, uh, and then the, the pandemic began, and of course, everything shut down. My schedule was completely canceled, so I wasn't traveling. I had more time at home. And so guess what I've been doing a lot with, with my time? A lot of my time, I've been going to this gas station every day. And so we go back, in the, and there's not very many customers right now, even though they are an essential business. And so I have been going, we go back and we sit in the back of the store at this table and I've been discipling this guy. Every morning he asks me a million questions about the word and he's so hungry for, for Jesus now. And so then, uh, and I have a picture to show you that uh, two weeks ago, I had the honor of baptizing Mahi Paul. Uh, a, a friend of mine in my town allowed us to go into their church even though they're not having services and filled up the tank and we had about 10 people there. We stood six feet away from each other and Mahipal was baptized. And then the next week he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm really excited to tell you that since then he has already led three people to Jesus Christ. And when he goes home to India, he's already excited about gathering all of his friends and neighbors in his home, and he wants to tell them how they can be born again. I tell you that story to say that even in a time when, you know, everybody is separated and, uh, the, you know, the government tells us that we have to stay away from each other. And, of course, I, you know, I honor and I'm obeying those rules because my own mother is in a nursing home. I know that we have to protect people from this, and I've been praying that she would be protected from this virus. So far, we haven't had any cases in her nursing home. But at the same time that we're staying away from each other, Jesus Christ is still drawing people close to him. He's not social distancing. He's not going to give anybody the virus. <laughs> And he's not worried about that. And in fact, I believe that during this time that we are in, a lot of people are asking questions about their eternal life, about what life is all about. They're reevaluating things. Um, you know, people are in crisis. They're dealing with their financial things. All of a sudden, everything has been turned upside down. Folks are open now, more open, I believe, to the gospel and so we better be ready to step in there when the time is right. Amen? You know, um, there were other times when Jesus, you know, he didn't stay away from people even when the culture and the religious leaders would tell him that he needed to do that. You may remember a guy named Zacchaeus. Jesus went to a city called Jericho. And there was a guy there who everybody stayed away from. They hated Zacchaeus because he was a tax collector. To them, he was an evil guy. They didn't want to be near him. And Zacchaeus was not like Pastor Chad Everett. He was very, very short. Pastor Chad is my 
He has the des- he's, I'm designating him as my tallest friend. But uh, Pastor Chad is never going to play Zacchaeus in the, in the uh, church play. So Zacchaeus was so short, and, and he, you know, I think he probably had a lot of rejection because nobody wanted to be his friend. He always stayed away from people. So, but he wanted to hear what Jesus had to say, so he climbed up into this tree, and he was listening to Jesus' sermon. And what did Jesus do? Jesus saw him way back there up in that tree. And he said, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down, and I'm having lunch at your house today. Jesus was so willing to get near somebody like Zacchaeus. You know, right now all the restaurants are closed, but Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house, even though people were socially distanced from him. And he went into that house, and, and just... Zacchaeus being in the presence of Jesus brought conviction of what he had done wrong. And the Bible says he decided to give all the money back that he had taken from people. He was convicted of his uh, injustice and his, his greed. And so I, I see this about Jesus. And there was one other time in Mark chapter 7 when uh, Jesus went into this Gentile area where a lot of Gentiles live in Israel, and there was a man who could not speak and could not hear. And um, because this guy was a, was a Gentile, uh, Jewish people would not ever go close to that person. They, they kept their distance from people like that. But the Bible tells us that Jesus came to heal that guy, and he didn't just, you know, stay six feet away and say, okay, be healed. He could have done that. Jesus has the power to do that. But what did he do? The Bible says he came to him. He stuck his finger in his ear. Okay, this is a time when they did not have hand sanitizer. There was, they weren't, you know, they didn't have the kind of hygiene that we have today. And the Bible doesn't say that Jesus washed his hands. He stuck his finger in his ear. And then it says Jesus spit on his fingers and then touched the man's tongue. <laughs> you just broke all the rules of a coronavirus there. Because what was Jesus saying? He's like, you guys are going to tell me that I can't touch this guy? I'm going to get my hands all over him. Because his love, his compassion, his mercy goes to where we need him. And he wants to be close to us. I want to read this verse to you from Revelation 3. And I believe right now there may even be some people listening to this broadcast today who maybe you don't go to Rose Church. You might have just tuned in from somewhere else. You might have tuned in from another country. I want you to hear this verse, Revelation 3.20. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice... And opens the door, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. Jesus Christ wants to be near us. He wants fellowship with us. And I want to just say to all of you at Rhodes Church, be sensitive as you're out and as restrictions begin to be relaxed and we can go out and spend more time with people. I want you to know that people are being drawn they are more open right now, and you just 
need to be sensitive to them because I believe that we're getting ready to step into a time of great harvest. And we're going to pray for people because they're going to hear the knock. Jesus is knocking on people's hearts. And when they open the door, they may feel so ashamed, just like we sang that song this morning about shame. And so many people feel so bad about the things that they've done. But Jesus is not asking questions about that. He wants to come in. And when he comes in, he'll deal with your issues. He's not going to shame you. He's going to forgive you for those things. Amen. Number two, my second point is, and I want, I'm speaking this directly to Christians. To those of you here at Rhodes Church, I want to say that as a Christian, you always, always have the presence of God. You know, if we were in the Old Testament... Uh, we would have to worship God from a distance. You know, it's, it's kind of weird, you know, uh, this morning, uh, we just have a handful of people here in the Rhodes Church building, and uh, I think there might be a few cars in the parking lot, but, you know, we're not here. We're, most people are not here. Most people are watching church from home. And maybe you've been enjoying the last few uh, couple of months, uh, you know, watching church in your pajamas. Because when you come back, you're not going to wear your pajamas. But, you know, in the Old Covenant, that's how it was. Because the people could not come in to a place like this and worship. They had to actually stay out in the parking lot. When they came to the tabernacle, they would bring their sacrifice to the gate of the tabernacle. And that's as far as they could get in. The presence of God was, in, was behind a, a curtain in the Holy of Holies. And the only people that could come into the holy place were the priests. And they couldn't even go into the Holy of Holies because there was a separation. And God was keeping a distance. I am so grateful as, I, as I've pondered this and as we've gone through this social distancing time, I am so grateful that we live in the new covenant. <laughs> because when Jesus Christ died, he broke the barrier. He tore the veil that was separating that holy of holies from the holy place. And he got rid of that priesthood because he said, guess what? Now everybody who believes in Jesus is a priest. And everybody who loves and serves him can have access to Jesus Christ, to his presence. And Jesus told us himself that he would give us his Holy Spirit. Now in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't live inside of people. The Spirit would come on certain people. The Spirit would come on maybe a king or a prophet, and, and God would use, would use them in certain ways by the power of the Spirit. But the Spirit did not live inside of people in the Old Covenant. After Jesus came, after he died on the cross for us, he said, I'm going to put my Spirit inside of you. That's about as close as he can get. He's not keeping his distance anymore. You know, in the Old Testament, David prayed this in Psalm 51, 11. He said, Lord, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. But you know what? We don't have to pray that now. God's not going to take his Holy Spirit from you. This is what Jesus said in John 14 when he promised that he was going to give us his spirit. He said, I will ask the Father. This is John 14, verse 16 and 17. 
I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. How many of you are grateful that the spirit of the Lord lives inside of you and he doesn't just move in and then with a threat to move out, he says, I'm going to abide. That means he is a permanent resident. That gives me so much comfort. And you know, as I was praying for you today, I, I, I felt like there are some of you who maybe you have actually wondered, Lord, did you leave me? Lord, are you there? Lord, did you take your spirit? You know, sometimes we, we base our faith on feelings and there are people who are going through some hard times right now. Maybe you just got bad news about your job. Maybe you got bad news about a relative who might have the virus. I don't know what you're going through in this very difficult time. A lot of people feel like God maybe took a few steps back. But I came all the way from Georgia to tell you, Rose Church, that Jesus has not taken steps back from you. He is he is enclosing. He's coming closer. He wants you to, to know his presence. He's not going to take his Holy Spirit from you. You know, I've traveled a lot. As Pastor Chad said, I've gone to a lot of countries. And I've noticed that in different cultures, people have different uh, values or different traditions about social distance and about kind of your personal space. Uh, you know, I've been to, say, a country like Iceland where I've noticed that the colder countries, uh, people tend to be a little bit more formal. And so maybe they just stick out their hand and you shake and they're not just, they're just kind of very, you know, like this. Uh, then when I go to maybe a country like El Salvador or Colombia in Latin America, people are throwing their arms around you and they're kissing you on both sides of the cheeks and and, you know, there's no social distance in those cultures. I personally prefer the Latin American style, um, but I don't know what your style is. You might be more of a, you know, handshake person. But here's what I know. God is affectionate. God wants to pour his love on us. He doesn't hold back. He doesn't keep a distance. He doesn't just extend his hand in a handshake. He wants to embrace you. And some of you need to feel his embrace during this time. I pray that you will know the comforter during this time that we are in. Jesus said, it's better for me to go away so that you will have the Holy Spirit. And he said, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. And he also called, the word that he used to describe the Holy Spirit was the word paraclete, which means one who is called alongside and so the Spirit doesn't stay over there. The Spirit comes near, and He wants to live inside of you. So if anybody out there has been wondering, Lord, why did you move? Why did you pull away? Lord, where are you? I, I, I want you to know He's close by. He's there for you. And then number three, my final point, and then we're going to pray. And that is that you can be closer to God. If you want to be, I got two scriptures I want to share with you. Isaiah 55, six says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. 
He wants you to call upon him. He wants you to seek him. And he promises that if we will do that, that we will have the nearness of his presence. And then James 4.8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now that sounds like there's kind of a responsibility on our part. You know, we don't just sit there. We actually have to seek him. We actually take the steps toward him. You know, when I was a, uh, a student in college, I had had a very profound experience with the Holy Spirit when I was 18, right before I went to college in North Georgia. And I began to read in my Bible about people who had a close relationship with God. I would read about Moses and how God took Moses and put him in the cleft of the rock and And Moses cried out and said, Lord, show me your glory. Moses was saying, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know all about you. I want to know your character. I want to know who you are. And Moses became a close friend of God. I read about David who, even though he had many, many flaws and and he, you know, he failed God in some areas of his life. He wasn't a perfect guy. And yet the Bible says he loved God's presence and that he was always coming and spending time in God's presence. And he would, he would talk about how thirsty he was for the presence of God. And he would say, you know, Lord, I, 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 it's, it's only you that I want. And David became a friend of God. The same is true of Abraham. I read about all these people in the Bible who had these close relationships with God. And I remember just making a decision when I was a freshman in college. And I said, Lord, I want to be your friend. I want to be close to you. I want to know you. Lord, would you just, I I didn't know what exactly to do. I knew that I, I needed to press in. I knew that I could read my Bible and learn things about him. I knew that I could pray and maybe that would bring me closer But I also knew that it wasn't just going to be my works that did that. I was depending on him to draw me closer. And so I prayed that prayer, Lord, would you please make me a friend of God? And I began to see that happen. You know, uh, the Lord uh, just, he, he just drew me closer. I began to get stronger in my faith. And I remember during that season, I read about the disciple John. You know, John shows up. He was one of the first disciples that Jesus called on the shores of Galilee. And he called Peter and Andrew and James and John. And they, they were kind of in an inner circle with Jesus, especially Peter, James, and John. They spent more time with Jesus than anybody else. And there are scenes in the Bible where you can see that John had this very special devotion to the Lord. And when John wrote his gospel, he described himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, I don't think that's because Jesus picked John as his favorite, but I think that John just said, I want to be his favorite. (laughs) And so John just decided he was going to press in and be as close as possible to the Lord. Do you know you can do that? You can make a decision today that maybe, maybe you felt like you've been socially distanced from the Lord. Maybe you've thought, 
I've got too many issues. I've got these unresolved problems. Maybe God's too busy for me. Uh, Maybe you disqualified yourself because of some mistakes you made in the past. But Jesus wants you to know that if you seek him, if you want him to be closer, you can have that. He's not going to keep you away. And there was, there's a beautiful scene. You know, we, we took communion this morning, and as we took that, I was remembering this scene that when Jesus had Passover with his disciples, the Bible says that John was sitting next to Jesus. I think, I think John was always looking for the closest seat, you know. Where, where's Jesus going to sit? Because I, I want to be, be where he's at. And then Jesus was sitting next to him, and the Bible says that he was leaning his head on Jesus' chest. And, you know, I've read that, and I've said, Lord, that's where I want to be. I want to be so close to you that I can just put my head there, and I can listen to your heartbeat. I can know what you're thinking. I can hear every word you're saying. I want to know what, what stirs the Lord's heart. You know, you can have that. And while we have been in this pandemic, you know, we've had a lot more time. Now, some of you, maybe you have what we call essential jobs, and so you're still working, but some of us are not essential. <laughs> some of us have been quarantined at home. We've been sidelined. We, don't, we, we have more time. And, uh, you know, what do you do with that time? Some people are watching a lot of Netflix. Some people are maybe playing video games. Maybe you've been able to catch up on some of your uh, books that you hadn't read. Maybe you're getting some housework done, some home projects, some gardening. I don't know what you're doing with all that time, but I want to challenge you. The Lord's told me that he had pushed the pause button and that he wants his church to reset. And while we are in this pandemic, I want to challenge you. You know, at at first it seemed like maybe it was going to be over pretty quick. And now they're talking, you know, we're not sure and we don't know exactly how long this is going to last. And, you know, I'm ready for it to be over. But I also know that I need a reset in my life. And I want to get as close to the Lord as possible. And so I'm going to pray for you this morning. First of all, I'm going to pray for those of you who are listening those of you who are walking with the Lord, you're Christians, I want to pray for you that you would allow the Holy Spirit to push that reset button in your life because you can make a decision to to get up and move closer to him. Remember what James said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. He's not keeping you at a distance. But he wants a response. He wants you to decide, I want more of you, Lord. I want to be your friend. I want to be closer. I want to hear your heart. And, you know, Jesus talked about those wise virgins. He gave that parable about the wise virgins who uh, went out and they got oil for their lamps. And then, you know, uh, it was time for the doors to be shut. And then all of a sudden those foolish virgins, they hadn't bought the oil And they were going to be without. They were going to be in darkness. They weren't going to have the fuel that they needed. And I have applied that to my own life during this season because the Lord said, it's time to buy the oil. 
It's interesting that right now, while we're going through this pandemic, oil, the price of oil has gone down. It's easier to get it right now. There's plenty. In fact, they're saying that there's a glut of oil on the market right now. That's why the price is so low. Folks, I want you to know there's a glut. There's a lot of oil. There's a lot of oil in heaven right now. God wants to pour his Holy Spirit into us. He wants to fill us. He wants to fill our tanks. Many of us, when this pandemic started, we realized our tanks were empty because we've been so busy. And God says, in this time, I want to fill you up. You know, uh, two more weeks. Do you know what two more weeks is going to be? Pentecost. Very, very special day in the church. And I just have this sense. I feel like God has just been speaking to me so clear that this time we are in leading up to Pentecost and I believe during the month of June as we're sort of celebrating that that this is the time that we need to be refilled you need to get your tanks filled how are you going to do that you can't do that without pressing into the presence of God You've got to set aside that time and spend time with him. Draw near to God. Let him draw near to you. Let him download his fresh oil in your life. There is fresh oil for a fresh season. You can't go in the old oil that you had. You know, we, a lot of us just, you know, we, 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 we went and we went in the power of that oil and some of us got burned out and some of us were weary and some of us were running on empty. And now it's time to be refilled. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.